Hi guys, thank you for coming out to this week's podcast. This week's podcast is part two of Gabby and telling us a little bit about she does at New Destiny and giving us being more informed about what domestic violence is and how it can affect families and things like that. So sit back and relax and enjoy yourself. But before we get into um the actual podcast, please follow us on social media. Please check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The link will be down below. And also, we have um, resource packets that we have done. You can see it in the links tree down below of everything. So, just follow us on any platform you want. We also have giveaways coming up. So, go check that out. And, yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. And sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself for the podcast. Bye. I think, honestly, you probably should teach it from, like, high school. They have every other thing. Sometimes, honestly, a lot of things in high school I did not use in real life. Um, let's be honest. Things like this were actually, they didn't need to teach a lot of things, um, <laughs> to be honest. How to, I don't think it's a girl or boy thing. I think a lot of people try to put things in wood shop and home economics. That's not really like, everybody has to eat. <laughs> you know what, if you're a girl, <laughs> we have to eat. Everybody should know how to take care of their bills. How to, learn, who, if you live in, if you live in a different state right now, we have Kardashian in New York. So how to turn on a Kardashian, um thing, like certain practical life skills you need. We need to learn about domestic violence. Because yeah. if you nip some of these, granted, a lot of um, domestic violence happen in um, relationships in high school. People don't think that. They're like, their children, they're not going through this. No. Your child that saw all that stuff happening to you are beating their girlfriend or boyfriend in high school also. It don't start only only when you're an adult. Like, when they're 18, officially they start, boom, it's happening. No. It can start as young as high school. People don't think about that. They don't think about how their um child's, how your behavior affects their child's behavior. And I think that's what it is. And if we teach these kids now, granted, it might not touch every child. Let's be honest. Everything you learn, you have to probably learn a few more times to actually get it. But if you teach a financial class, if you teach, um, keep your hands to yourself, learn how to talk to people, be kind to people. I think we'll be so much further in the world if we teach our kids basic skills. Because some of this stuff, if I'm not going to be a mathematician, why do I have to go in all these foreign things in math with shapes and numbers and squares to the, I didn't, in real, I'm talking, I'm a podcaster, content creator. I use none of this math. I use basic math skills, subtraction and takeaway in my actual life. I've been out of high school in years. I have not used, other than college. I, so I went to college and I did it. So I got a bachelor's degree. So just be aware of that. So if you go to college, they might want you to do extra. Again, I went to school for theater arts. I have never used algebra in my life, in my real life. Maybe people say you have to use complex and you add, oh, you got to know, honestly, add, subtract. If you want to know your taxes, I guess you could use times tables because you have to divide, you know, not time, but add up how many mm-hmm. weeks to how much your paycheck. Other than that, that's all you, basic math. My daughter in second, about to be going third grade, knows that already. She's honestly, she's ready for the world. I'm not saying she's going to be perfect at it, but a lot of things you learn in school, you don't need it. I'm not saying you saying that you shouldn't be exposed to it because the kid might say, oh my gosh, that math equation. And they might go far with that because every kid is different. Not every kid is going to be in a certain field. But if you see, and a lot of kids struggle in math and science, let's be honest, in high school. If you see that this kid is not even caring about this, put them in something they actually could learn or benefit from. And I feel like those should be learning how to do finances, taking care of the home, things like that should be a part of a life skills class. Basically, that's what it is, a life skills on how to treat people, how to do these things. Sometimes parents don't have time to teach these kids, kids that. And also, sometimes parents don't even think, do they actually need to know that? 
should they know how to boil water? Mm-hmm. They should. But people sometimes with parents, especially in New York City, they're so busy and doing everything else, trying to keep the house afloat and not be homeless, literally, that they don't they don't think that their mm-hmm. child should know these things. They, not like they just shouldn't know it, and that they don't have the time to actually teach them these things. And um, I'm 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 grateful enough that I could be a very unhands-on parent. Um, but people are not. A lot of people don't have the um. They don't have that to do that. They have to work. 24 hours a day, literally, just to keep food on the table. And that's not rent. That's just food. <laughs> and these kids grow like weeds. So we have to buy clothes, too, eventually. So I know I'm taking up a lot with that. But it's just like, I feel like these things that should be taught in high school and how to behave, how to be a proper person of society. And probably could change a lot of ways of how people talk to each other, how to deal with relationships, how to, um, when a person, even I have a, I struggle with myself, like, well, I think it's a good thing. When you get upset, Sometimes you don't have to actually just be there. Because I think sometimes if you just stay there and argue, hands might be put on somebody because you get so angry that you do it. It's better to walk away and come back when you're more settled and clear head than to actually be there arguing. All of a sudden, a, a lamp is getting thrown at your head. Just walk away and calm down a little bit and then yeah. come into that thing. These skills need to be taught because some people, as you can see, that if you don't know, high school students a lot of times have a lot of fights. And if a lot of things could be resolved, if we just taught these kids these proper skills, then they wouldn't have these situations. Moms and dads wouldn't be having funerals for their 14-year-old kid because of gun violence if we just taught these kids proper ways to resolve the issue without killing each other. It could solve so many things in society if we just do a basic thing. We focus so much about, oh my gosh, we need to learn algebra. We need to learn to stop killing each other. <laughs> the real thing, like, honestly. But I digress. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. I think you have a you have a good point there, Kadisha. And you know, like, and I think that the city realized that. I don't know if you you've heard of um, so the the city's um department that provides services for domestic violence survivors. It's called the Mayor's Office to End Gender, uh, I'm sorry, to end domestic and gender based violence. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and GBV and. Uh, they have they launched this program in 2021 that's called the ABCs of Healthy Relationships that teaches uh, young kids teaches like they're targeting kids in elementary school about you know what is a healthy relationship. So, the podcast listeners because it's um it's really tackling what you're saying right early on uh if, if a child or any anyone maybe they don't necessarily have to be exposed to you know to domestic violence at home but just you know to learn what what is healthy to read the signs how to 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 treat other people around you uh, and it's not just romantic relationships it's like any type of interaction right. so so that is super important and I know that they had been doing it with elementary schools I I don't know if there is something for middle school or you know junior high or, or high school um but but it's it's a great resource and they have the modules on on their website so I can I can pull that up and, and send it over to you but but yeah uh-huh. I think uh mm-hmm. Are they doing it at every elementary school? How is that working? It's only public schools, not charter schools and private schools. Oh, I no. My daughter's second grade. Well, she was was in second grade. I didn't see that happening. So I'm just like, are they? And my daughter's in charter school. Um, as I said before in this podcast, so I was like, are they getting every school? Because I feel like when they do certain programs, because the charter technically charter schools are usually in the public schools anyway. So um, that's where they reside. Mm-hmm. So I would think they get the same thing. But a private school kid might not get that. And it's like, not because they're in private school, they do pay money for their schooling, depending on what track you're on if you get scholarship or whatever they need the same resources to eat. you know they get granted they have more 
particularly most of them have more money than everybody else, but they still need to know some life skills, just like everybody else needs to know the life skills. Like, what schools are selected? Are they doing only poor neighborhoods, richer neighborhoods? Do you know exactly? I don't know how it's getting distributed out to um, children. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I know that it's a partnership with the city department of education, but I'm not sure um, like how, like who, if they have like, you know, like, is it just for public schools or, or how the criteria works for, for schools to qualify, but they have the, the actual toolkits and the guides posted on their website. So maybe, you know, if teachers or they have one for parents too. So, you know, educators can download it or or parents can download it from there but, it, but that's a good question for if you ever speak with someone in the department of education in the podcast i would ask them about that how they're implementing it because it's important i would definitely see i get to talk to certain a lot, of, a lot of different people so we can see if we can try to see what's happening and how to distribute it to everybody equally i feel like a lot of times we put in certain things in certain neighborhoods and it's like no we all need mm -hmm. it <laughs> no matter what walk of life those are skills that everybody should have and um everybody should need people don't think that people think that people with money don't have these problems they have the problem they just cover up better because they have the money to cover it up but people yeah. who are using a certain income bracket can't cover up as well because they don't have the money to do so so um just be aware of that you know people think oh my gosh you know she's not getting beat because she has a million dollars no just like example beyonce came out with a song i don't really follow her that much but i know a couple of years ago it found that there was a well, I understand Jay-Z cheated on her from the music. I don't know if it really came out, but in the music, it, it gives that Im implication that, you know, people's like, oh my gosh, Beyonce get cheated on? No, she's a woman too. Anybody can get cheated on. It doesn't matter who you are, what status you are. And any it can happen to anybody. A lot of these celebrities are doing it. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I think it's wrong personally. But it's just no matter what bracket you're in, you it can happen to you. And so it doesn't matter if if you're in a rich school, poor neighborhood, it doesn't matter. They should all have the skills to kind of help it. And it's weird to me is like mm -hmm. when they do these certain programs, they only started with a certain demographic. If you started in high school, you know, I feel like it's kind of late then anyway. The program just came out. You need to do it to the, all the kids are coming like after that. Like, so junior high school and like, it doesn't make sense in my brain. If you start with elementary school, you need to kind of roll it out before those 12th graders kind of leave school because they, they're not getting the information because they, that grade, they, they're not in elementary school, they're in high school. So it's, they got kind of missing it. And it's like, you have to make sure you backtrack to those ages mm -hmm. too. That's that's in my mind. Like, you, you know, they yeah, you started with one grade, but you have to get everybody involved to make sure the information is getting out there because they're also having problems in their, you know, walk of life. But, you know, that's just yeah, me, absolutely. you know. <laughs> but yes, mm -hmm. um, if you could change one thing in policy right now that could help out domestic violence survivors or victims technically before they get to be survivors, right? Um, what would that thing be? Um, I think that I would echo what you just said that it's, it should be more equitable. So housing resources should be more equitable. Survivors should be able to access city funded supportive housing. Um, and then also um, there, there is another uh, set of housing that's called the HPD homeless set aside. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but you get them yeah. through. It's like if you if any if any developer gets um, money from the city to build that building in the city, that affordable housing building in the city, um, then they have to set aside uh, a number of units, like fifty percent or more of the units, to um, to domestic violence survivors. I mean, I'm sorry, to homeless New Yorkers, yes. to homeless New Yorkers, but that 
that in order to qualify, you, you would think, okay, maybe homeless runaway youth who are in the youth shelter system would be able to, to get those units. But no, those are only for uh, New Yorkers in the Department of Homeless Services shelter system, DHS. Mm -hmm. uh, so survivors, if they're in the DV shelter system, you know, I mean, folks in the podcast may know that, that in the city, there are five shelter systems. DHS right. is the largest, but you have, you have five. So um, the administration in 2017 decided to give access to these units, the homeless set sites, only to New Yorkers in the largest system, that's DHS. So it's not equitable, you know, and, and that's an administrative decision. That would not cost the city any money because essentially they're just opening gates to others. Um, it's not like a new program, right, that needs more funding. Right. So I would make the systems more equitable for domestic violence survivors. Would you think that, because you said it has to be a, a certain percentage of how much, because they get money from the government or whatever, the city, they would have to open up more apartments then because if you think about it right now with like example um housing connect we are literally fighting teeth and nail just to get that one or two <laughs> apartments that they have available when they open it right i'm gonna say when because it, sh it should be happening right when they open it to the youth and the dv and all this that means they have to get more affordable housing they have to be more in stock for it to happen because we're going to be even clamoring more more of a fight just to get that one bedroom apartment. No, not one one bedroom in general. I'm just like to get those couple apartments that people actually qualify for. Because they say it's low income. When you look at the income, it's not really that low, but it's, right. that's a different story. Um, what do you think they would have to make? Say if it's two percent, would have to make it ten percent to make sure they can cover cover get more people into that apartment building. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, if if the more the merrier, right? The, the more the better. We right. we all, you mean, we if anyone that lives in New York City knows what the uh, the crisis of affordability is with housing. Right. Um, but I think that you know, to be honest with you, right now with the units that developers have, they have issues filling those out, and the issues are not. I mean, there is demand. Obviously, you have so many people in shelter. Obviously, like you can fill those out. But uh, the bureaucratic process and because the departments, the agencies in the city are not staffed correctly, they're not well funded, then right. it takes months and months to fill those units. So um, so if there is, I mean, it would be great if it, the, the requirement went up and they say, okay, well, it's not 15, it should be 25% of the units and right. we'll cover the cost. That's great. Um, but there are other interesting ways that the city could also help, you know, with the, with the, um, the affordable housing crisis that you said, you know, making the apartment more affordable because even like 80% of the average median income, it's, it's, it's a lot of money, you know, so making them more affordable and building more affordable housing. So more deeply affordable housing. And, uh, and one thing that I've, I've heard a lot of talk about is allowing people that have rent subsidies and rent vouchers use those, those subsidies to live, to move into uh, these units too. I mean, not the set of sites, but like the regular, you know, the, the housing lottery, oh, yeah. uh, the housing connect. That it's a lottery at the end of the day. It, it's a lottery. Like, you know, you literally win the lottery if you get one of those units. <laughs> um, so there should be more. I mean, th th that's also like, you know, one of our key advocacy points. It's like there, this talk of affordable housing in the city, the truly affordable housing, 
for everyday New Yorkers, that needs to to increase and go up. Um, but yeah, I mean, demand is is high, and it, it's just going to continue to 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 get higher and higher as you know the city gets less and less affordable. It makes sense. Like, it's hard. It really is. It's like I'm a person in general. I don't take sides. You know, I this is a family homeless coalition, so you know we deal with families with kids under eighteen. But I don't care what part of homelessness you're from. If you need help, you need help. And um, Destiny covers all of the, the different parts, you know, of um, DV world, but it's still homelessness, you know? And it's just like, we have such a big problem. And I feel like it can be solved with housing, but it's like, it's the money, that's one thing. And then to find people, the, the actual places they can live with are safe, because you don't want to put a survivor with a person, a near person who, you know, is is hurting them. Also, you got to think, in my head, I'm thinking like, if this person's hurting them, have family in that area, that's even for like a smaller population they can actually live in. Because what if that person's visiting their aunt and you're a block away, and all of a sudden you see that person, you have to be running for your life. It's just like, it's like a movie in my head. I'm sorry. I think about so many different things. So it's like, it's so much going on right now. And we need yeah. so much help. Um, There's so much ideas. There's so much moving parts. And the, the, what bothers me and taking me off all the time is that the parts move so slow. It, it, it we try to get this policy in and the policy takes four or five years to get in, but yet Sarah's here waiting to get help for <laughs> five years. That's to me is unacceptable. Sarah needs help now. She don't need five years from now. Her child's graduated from high school. She might even qualify for certain things because her child's not even with her. You gotta think about that also. Like certain things does it take so long and they probably get help. If a child's at a certain age, like they age out of that thing, they might not be in that system anymore. They'd have to go to like a silver shelter or something like depending what they have they have a family thing for older people but you know it's a whole thing when um people age out or things happen god forbid your child get taken taken away from acs or the kids get take go back to the, go to the abuser that you now you don't want to qualify in a certain area because you're in a different part it's just it's a whole i don't know what to do like i, I have ideas but it's like and i have a lot of ideas well, but it's like you're we're, you're, we're, we're you're doing something kadisha <laughs> I think what you're doing is it's pretty major. I mean, the podcast and inviting people like with lived experience and, and folks like us that work, you know, trying to to change the policies. I think that just having this platform is is a huge help. And and it gets it gets it moving. I mean, you, you don't know if maybe, you know, that there may be some decision makers, you know, who are listening. I mean, right. someone in the mayor's office may be paying attention yeah. to this and maybe listening <laughs> it over. So uh, so I think that. Yeah, you're 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 being part of that change, and it may not be immediate. We may not see it in a few days, but um, but I feel like there's a, a movement that's being built, and and you're you're part of it. Um, so thank you for for all the, the work that you do. I know it, it could be you. frustrating, but it, it, but you're it, part it, of the solution. It is. <laughs> I have a question because we have a it's a kind of turn, but we have um a lot of migrants that came in recently well not recently it's been i feel like it's been over a year at this point um it just feel recent in my head with everything going on thrown and this and then migrants and then something and then uh, then we have a fires from canada there's a lot happening in new york city in a whole um do they qualify for any of your services or do they have to go i'm, to I'm sorry get, my my internet just cut off so i didn't hear the first part of the of your question i apologize oh, no problem you're fine i was saying that um we have migrants who just came in, not just came in, but they've been here for a while in New York City. Um, do you guys take migrants in or do they have to go to the regular PAP shelter or other 
shelters if they if you know about this. example if DB was happening they came here with a provide day visa. the services yeah. yeah the services are open to I mean they're for domestic violence survivors um because there are limited resources for non-citizen New Yorkers so who's not yet a citizen, who's not yet a legal resident, or who hasn't yet gotten their their papers in order, you know, it's a lot more difficult for them to access housing. But if there is, and if newly arrived immigrants go to the Family Justice Center in the borough where they're living, and they're dealing with a situation of abuse, they could access our services. Um, we don't have anything that is targeted towards the newly arrived immigrant population, but our services are open for, for anyone, for all survivors. Uh, with the caveat, like I mentioned, that um, because of limited resources, it is always more difficult to house a family that doesn't have uh, their, their the papers yet, that, that, that are living undocumented. You know, And we see that with survivors. Uh, I spoke with Lourdes about this in the Spanish version of the podcast about how one of the areas that immigrant survivors are, unfortunately, uh, immigration gets weaponized against them. And right. if the abuser is a citizen who is uh, helping them through the process to get their residency and their green cards and their papers, they weaponize that against the survivor as sure. you know yeah. power and control. And so they're more vulnerable. And um, and we've seen like the families in shelter that tend to stay the longest are the ones that have, you know, that that don't yet have a uh, document. I mean, that not every person in the household has uh, a social security number or a green card or, or their papers. Uh, but our, our services, to answer your question, they are technically open to everybody, anybody that qualifies. Um, it's just, you know, a little bit more difficult because uh, if they if they qualify for city steps, you know, if they have a kid that was born here who is a U.S. citizen, the rent subsidy is not going to be a hundred percent. You know, it's only going to be uh, it, it's it's prorated. Yeah, it's right. like okay, so the legal adult is only the one that's covered, not the undocumented individual. So, uh, or or the person, not just adult. So, um, so yeah, so it, it's trickier. But but yeah, our services are not geared specifically, you know, towards them, but again, open to anybody, any survivor of domestic violence that qualifies. And I should mention, uh, super important that the family justice centers, there is one in each borough. And I know you're going to speak more about those with my friend, my, my colleague, Gina. Um, but uh, that's where, that's how survivors can access our rapid rehousing program, our housing program, that's called Housing Link, if they visit the family justice center in their borough and, you know, they they check in and say that they need assistance with housing, that's how they would get connected to our services too. That's good to know. So guys, you heard that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is, I feel like I've, it's true. I feel like I've heard this before, but um, but as you heard before, um, a person can use this as a form of abuse. If you don't have your paperwork, your documentations, and Jamaican people call their papers, right? You don't have your green card and you're here illegal like you came some people came here illegally just kind of expired they didn't go back so not only like people just coming in here illegally your, your paperwork can be expired you just have, didn't go update updating at the time and by the time you try to get updated it kind of is a is a is a long road trust me um i come from a family of immigrants so i understand the, um how it can be um i'm first gen just saying and of a person from what i understand if a person's abusing you and they're the person who's a citizen and they're supposed to help you with your paperwork. It's a way to 
claim that like that kind of abuse kind of thing and you could end up getting your paperwork without them from what i understand if that's true or not yeah it could be a change yeah it is no it's true yeah it's true um it's what's called oh i think it's a u visa like the letter u yes. um and gina has a lot of knowledge about that so that's one of the questions that she can get more information but um if a survivor is listening right now and they're in a situation of abuse they don't yet have their documents or waiting for the green card or what have you um they can if they report their abuser to 911 and, and then they have a police report then they because they they were they were part of the justice system let's say i mean to the the, the process to get that that person off right. the street Right. Um, that would then allow them to uh, to start the process to get this U visa that can lead to permanent residency, but it takes time. It it and when I say it takes time, and it takes like over, like ten years. I've heard of people like ten oh years, twelve God. years waiting for the papers. So, again, Gina is very well versed on the resource. Um, but if anyone that's listening in right now that would like more information, the Family Justice Centers are very well versed also on the services. The process looks like and what would be needed etc um for for our services i should say uh, we don't require anybody to have like a documented you know i mean they can self-attest to the abuse you know they, they don't have we don't require them to have a, a police report or anything from, from nypd they they come in into the family justice center they, they say that they they're facing a situation of abuse they're looking for housing and then we help got it got it yeah so you heard it you don't need certain documentations to be in there as long you have a problem, they will help you with the situation. And don't feel ashamed, guys, because people go through a lot of different things in their life. People go through sicknesses, people go through trials and tribulations. And this particular thing you will need help to, with to get out of it. And don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like people are gonna judge you. If they judge you, they didn't love you in the first place enough <laughs> to want to help you. Because some people see it and like, I don't mm -hmm. need a helper. I don't need help. You might have to be involved, like, but maybe one day you see her purse is open and the guy's not around. Put something in the purse. So I'm just saying something you can do would not not get you caught up. Because sometimes it was an issue in the Bronx. I want to say it's in the Bronx of Brooklyn. When a person tried to intervene in something with DB case and they end up getting hurt and they actually end up dying. Um, so I understand if you don't want to get involved like that to make sure that your life is safe and your family's life is safe, depending on who you are. But try to find a different way to get them help. Um, you don't have to intervene and put your your face in and be involved in, oh my gosh, stop hitting her or stop hitting him. You don't have to be that involved in it. You can find other ways to, if they're by themselves and they're coming home, if it's their neighbor, just slip them a little thing. Some people honestly are not going to leave and they might open their mouth and say something to that person. So that might be, a, if it's right, you're right next to your neighbor, probably not do that. <laughs> probably somebody down the hall or, you know, two you know floors up or something like that. If you hear something, you just never know. Um, just be safe about how you're doing it and um help as much as you can and um just just help and just be safe. I can't say that enough because a lot of times people try to intervene and they do get hurt. So just be very mindful um about that particular situation because that person obviously they're hurting that person. They they don't care about you. They don't even know who you are. So that as much to not stop it. Um so just be aware of that mm -hmm. also. Yeah. So guys, I'm sorry to interrupt in the middle of the podcast, but I just want to say go check us out on our other platform. Please, please, please. We give out daily, almost daily. I give out a lot of stuff on Instagram the most and on Twitter. 
about things that was coming up, free things, community events, things like that. Some things you might see us at, most things you might not. Um, it all depends on what it is. And if you would like to see us in person, maybe we could hang out one day. You could tell me a story. Or even if you don't tell me nothing, honestly, it's fine just to hang out and to chill with us. So check us out on all our platforms. Talk to you next So if you can change, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this to some. I feel like I asked you that, but it's so much thing to change in the system. I feel like there's so much things that we can do and to help people. What if you, if I wanted to get, if I'm a person who didn't do this job, what would you tell me to particularly start with to help make a change in this particular thing? Hmm. I think that to listen, I think that, and to remember, you know, that the human being, right? Sometimes we get so consumed with the statistics, but these are people that are going through the cases. And I feel like sometimes we tend to forget the humanity when it's a crisis that's so big and we don't know how to tackle it. Um, and, and knowing how to listen, you know, what you were saying before about helping or sharing resources with someone who may be in a situation of abuse, um, just being there and listening is, it's, it's a lot of, it, it's help. You know, uh, one of the, the issues that a lot of survivors face is isolation too. Like the battery will, will, will start, you know, like stop, you know, friends from coming over and, and, and trying to keep people from, from the, the person they're abusing. Um, so, so just being there and listening, it makes a huge difference. Uh, and then remembering that everybody, you know, is, is a human being and that, that there are, you know, maybe because they're in a situation, let's not judge them. You know, we don't know what led to it. Right. We Let's not jump to conclusions. Um, you know, let's, let's just remember that uh, things happen and, and things can happen to anyone. And, and it's, you know, listening and being there, just being there, that, that could make a difference. Um, that could be the life support that the person needs to make that decision to leave or to, to look for resources, to go to the family justice center, you know? Um, so I think that that is super important. And uh, I, you know, you're the listeners, who, whoever is listening to the podcast right now, I feel like just by listening in, they're already also being part of that of the change in the movement to make the things better in the city and and to connect right uh right. lack of information is is sometimes such a big issue because people are like well i have an issue but i don't know how to access the resources right. um so be what you're doing kadisha with the podcast of, of being this hub for for resources information that people know i can listen to the podcast you know that maybe i can i can learn something from it um that i, I think it's really important as well definitely i think i like what i do i like that i get to help people and really um give out information because as you said there's a lot of resources out there i mean there's a lot especially in new york city i think compared to a lot of states we have i should say new york city the new york state has a, a whole different kind of world up there of like upstate new york but new york city has so much resources but half the people in new york city don't know how to get to them, don't know how to use it, don't know that they can even get it. Um, I know somebody in particular um, when I was younger in my 20s and she didn't know she qualified for food stamps. I'm like, you're a student, you don't work proper a proper job, you qualify. She said, I don't qualify. She didn't, she didn't believe it. And she went to the office and she got food stamps. She was shocked. I'm like, mm -hmm. why are you shocked? Yeah. I told you that you qualify for it because we're, we're basically the same age, um, a couple, like a year or so apart. I'm like, if I qualify for it, you qualify. I'm pretty sure you qualify. 
we were in the same very similar situations and she didn't believe that she could so it was like there's so many things out there that you qualify for and don't be ashamed of getting resources resources i grew up in a um, family jamaican household you don't get food stamps you don't go on welfare you don't live in the projects I, at this point i've done all of them <laughs> because i'm a person if i see that i'm suffering and there's something out there that can help me unsuffer i'm taking that opportunity mm -hmm. you don't go to the doctor and say oh my gosh i got covid that's, I think it's a bad example. I should use cancer because I feel like COVID, you could still get over it without using medication because a lot of people had it. I had it and I didn't even know I had it. So I feel like cancer is a more because you need chemo in this thing. And what's the doctor? The doctor said, you need chemo. And they say, I'll be okay. <laughs> you don't say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I might die, but it's, it's, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go through it. Unless you really have a death wish and you just don't want to live on, then that's how you would think, right? But no person takes the medicine, listen to the doctor's advice, do these things. If you if that's the case, if you listen to that situation and you had no problem taking help, because that's a time that time of need that you need the help, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in a time of need, be for housing, food stamps, um, to go for NYCHA, which is um public housing in New York City, to go for WIC, Take those opportunities while you can, because after after a certain bracket, unless you're really out of the bracket, like I can't, I can't get food stamps anymore. They say I'm, I make too much. I make too much to get food stamps. But if if you can't, if they if you when you do it, you don't qualify. That's one thing. But if you didn't even try at all, if you didn't try at yeah. all, that's a problem. Like a person's not gonna go through. If you're on the stage for cancer, the chemo might not work. But at least if you try the chemo, at least you did your part. You know, at least you know for a fact. I'm I'm a die, but at least I did my part to do those kind of things to to do all the steps that the doctor told me to do. But if you don't take a step at all to help yourself get better, and I'm not saying some people stay on food stamps forever. It seems like um, I'm not saying to stay in there forever. Just use those things as stepping stones to get your you or your family out of the situations you're in. Having food is expensive. To have extra food money, to have extra food money, I promise you. When I had food stamps. My refrigerator was always stocked with the food. Now, I don't, other than I had pre-EBT the other day, I'm just going to say, guys, oh, so that helped me out a little bit. But I'm just like, not, it helped me out a lot, not a little bit. It helped me out a lot. So if you want to bring that back, you know, you can. But um, having not having food stamps, it's a little bit harder to do body's grocery. <laughs> so you're not as stocked up as you were oh, yeah. when you're on the food stamps, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Like, I see memes and I see Instagram posts like, a personal, they have two pictures. A personal food stamps, fridges stocked and overflowing with food. And a person without it is just like, you see mustard and ketchup and that's in there and mayo and maybe a carton of milk, you know? Um, So if you can qualify for it, guys, take these advantages. Like take, take it all in. Take it, don't put your pride aside and take it all in because you're not going to be there forever. You're only there for a moment. And when you get, when you get to the higher plane of things, right? You'll say, "Wow, this is how far I have came, and this is where yeah. I am now." So just be aware of that. Um, where can they get your services for New Destiny? Where can they sign up or call in to be able to get you guys the services to help them be better in life? Yeah. So, um, Family Justice Center. I would say uh, that way. is the number one place to go and to access. You know, to, and, and also the Family Justice Centers. They provide a lot of other services. It's not just housing. Like if they have a legal question, if they, if they're just, if they just want to know what's out there, maybe they're not ready to take the step to leave. You know, the situation of abuse because of whatever reason, wherever they they are in their journey. 
the Family Justice Center is really the place to go and to visit. Um, they a lot of them also provide like childcare spaces. So if the uh, an adult goes with their baby, you know, um, somebody will take care of the baby while they speak with a, a case manager to you know and, and share what what's going on. So I I, I think that is that's super important. Um, there is also uh, the um, I mean, for our services specifically, we have a website. We're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think we still. I don't know if anyone. Yeah, I don't know if anyone uses Facebook anymore, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> but we're, we're on Facebook as well. Um, and then uh, you know, if if it's an emergency, call nine one one. Right. If it's an emergency, I mean, I mean that's obviously not a new destiny service, but, but they they need to call nine one one and and just you know make sure that 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 they they can be safe right. safety is really a main concern and then there is the city uh the hotline for the city that's called nyc hope that they can call as well um if they're again evaluating you know trying to figure out what to do their safe planning you know um and and they just want to make sure you know that they know what what's out there how they can access information etc um then you know i think that that's a good place to go and the, the 311 even if they call 311 and they say, I want to know more about this topic, housing, shelter. I mean, I know 311 is not perfect. Right. It's not perfect. It depends. <laughs> it's kind of hit or miss. If you get someone that's helpful, if you get someone that doesn't care. But right. uh, but it could be a place to start, I think, also, you know, and, and to be connected with services. Um, but, yeah, just reemphasize the family justice centers are really uh, a, a really great resource for everything. Um, and they provide services in different languages too. So if you're just if you're newly arrival um, and you're just learning English, you know um, that they provide services in in your language there as well. Also, guys, I know this might sound paranoid of me or not. Some people they check your phones, so be careful of how you label in your phones. To be honest, put it under a crazy name or not too crazy. It looks obvious. Or delete it after you call the person number, or try to save it somewhere where they can't find it, or something. That sounds so crazy to say that, but even your search history and your your Chrome, people can find out a lot of things about. It. I'm not trying to tell you. I feel like this could also help cheaters, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to help people who are going to a situation who wants to get the help, and they need to be able to cover up their tracks so the person doesn't find out certain things. But they might be that person like, let me see your phone, let me do this and that. So just be aware. Um, put it maybe even. If you have your mom, you could you could save certain two contacts, two numbers or a couple of numbers under a certain person's name. If they know you're contacting this person every day anyway, put it under that particular thing so they won't think, okay, they're only calling this, but they're not actually looking at the number, they're just looking at the name. Do something like that. Um in search browser, you have to just delete it, to be honest. To make it you don't you don't want them to know that they're onto them. Like you they're trying to find a way out. So the safest way you could do for you and you and your family or just you and yourself, um also they say have a um I want to, of course, it's not a safety bag, it's not a run bag, but basically have something set aside for yourself. So if you have to run in the middle of the night or any time, you kind of have things ready to go and don't put it in an obvious area, put it in a place that it just seems obvious. If you have suitcases already there and it's always in a certain area, put things in there smallly, little by little, and they won't even know that you've been packing. And don't take, don't take, take things like, like toothpaste or toothbrush. I feel like people could see that if it's going to be, you know, why is toothbrush not there? Did you get a new one? Like they, that could be obvious. You could buy two parts of somewhere else. They probably could give you one when you get to a shelter because sometimes they do. They 
some shelters have those things. Take what you actually need, passports, um, identifications, birth certificates, social security, like those things you're gonna you're gonna need when you're out there, you know. It's hard to kind of get back if you, you you need it. Or even if you can't do that, take pictures of them. If they really wanna if you wanna see people to like, mm-hmm. you know, to have your stuff, like they can keep the stuff there. Take a picture of them in your phone and save it and then erase it out of your get, get thing, but save it onto like a Google Cloud and have more than one um Gmail. So don't have it. It might sound like a lot, guys, but people are crazy and they do the darnest things to track what you're doing. So they know that you have like a certain Gmail, have a different account. If you have to take a picture of social for all these things and then detach it from your actual account. So if you need it, you can always go back into it later, but don't have it attached to your gallery. Just come out of it, but have your important documents saved in there in case they want to keep you. If you really can't run out the house and can't get those things on time. Even honestly, with any, just a regular person, if you have a fire, you should always have a certain documentation in certain areas in your house. So in case there's a, I, I had a fire in my building before and I thought uh, I live pretty far up and um, I saw the, the firefighters and I thought, I know the fire in my building, but I didn't know where and it was, I didn't know it was contained. I didn't know anything about it. All I know is get my child out the building and let's be safe. I got the stuff that I needed and I ran up. I thought the, the guy was like, you're fine. He hit the firefighters for me. I'm, I'm like, you're sure? He's like, I'm sure. <laughs> like, if it's how you're, you're sure, I'm, I'm fine. But you just have to be ready at any moment. It's not like we're keeping ourselves on edge, but just certain things should always be in place. You should have your passport here, social security number here. It, it's, it's, you should have every certain things in one area, whether you're in the situation or not, just to be to be safe. Um, Having one area so is always good for you going. If you just even need something for a certain register your kids in school certain things should be just in certain areas just to have it together i'm just saying but um have it to go back um have certain things if you want a special picture for you and your kids you might not get, ever get it back you just never know put it in that suitcase you can have that how about i take the whole frame how about i try to put something i don't know how you would do it make a copy of it or something like that put it away a special teddy bear you might want for your kids certain things you for you and your kids or just people in general should have put together aside and if you have to go you have to go I'm just saying, um, you might have to just leave everything behind. I know people who have done that, but that's the saddest part to leave everything behind. You have nothing to remind you of the life that you and your kids had even prior, prior before this person came in your life. So just be aware of that. Again, I have not been through these problems. But I'm just trying to think how a person who's crazy would think. Um, sometimes they're not even that crazy because they just went, they probably saw this when they was a child and, and doing this as an adult. And they don't understand. They understand what's right and wrong, but they don't completely understand what's right and wrong. That makes sense. Um, but I know there's a lot guys, mm-hmm. but I just want you guys to be safe. I just want you to get out of it unscathed. Um, I just really want you to be safe, guys. Just so many bad things are happening, especially in the news nowadays. I don't watch the news because I just can't my heart can't take it. But I do get my dose of news on Pix Eleven on Instagram. And then when I see it, when I hear one good story, I'm like, oh my God, a good story. I, I get so happy. I'm like, oh my God, a child is doing, they had like an autistic, I know this is a lot guys, autistic kids was graduating. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, every time I see them, I'm like, I'm happy to see this good post. But then and three stories later, I'm like, oh my God, somebody's dying, somebody's getting hurt. I'm like, when would it end, <laughs> to be honest? But I know the world is not gonna stop um, based on what I just say. But if you can be a better person, just one person who hears this message could be a better person. You can affect everybody because everything has a cause and effect. If you do something nice, my cost might also do something else. So just be aware of that. Um, don't judge people. Treat people how they need to be treated, how you would like to be treated. Um, and just be a better person. That's, if we just have more better people in the world, we'll be just doing so much better. I'm just, I'm just saying, just 
I know it takes it takes a long time to be a better person. I wasn't always the best, but I learned to be better, and that's what matters. If you're trying, I can't fault you for trying. But if you're not trying at all, just to be a nasty person forever, I can fault you for that. <laughs> so, yes. Um, do you have any last words for us, Gabby? No. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. I think that, you know, safe, safety planning can be um, for a survivor that has never done it, has this is new to them. They don't have any friends that have gone through it. Um, that's okay. It, it's a process. Uh, it takes some thought and, and some care too, because you don't want to put yourself in a situation of abuse. Uh, but the family justice centers can help with that to figure out what the best you know, way to, to leave that situation of abuse is for you. So uh, just reiterate that they're a great resource. Um, you can call 311 to know like where the family justice center is located in your borough. Uh, you can also call the family, uh, the New York City 24-hour domestic violence hotline. That's um, 800-621-4673. Again, 800-621-4673. Um, and you can also go online. Uh, the city does have a website where they list all the resources for domestic violence survivors. And that's um, nyc.gov slash NYC Hope. Matter of fact, if you go on Google and you just search for NYC Hope, you're right. gonna get the, the the resource directory. But I'll make sure to share that with you, Kadisha, so you can put it in the yes. in the info of the of the podcast um episode yes, too. But will. yeah, no, yeah, thank you for, for having me. This has been great. Um thank you, for being you know, keep here. doing what you're doing, Kadisha, because you're you're a you're you're a, you're a great person. You're a change agent. You're mm -hmm. you're you know it's great to have folks um, to create the space for people to share their story, to to share resources, and to 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 be you know to, to be heard, to listen, and and to learn. So, so thanks thanks for having me, and look forward to seeing you at the next family justice uh, family homelessness coalition meeting. I'm thinking of family justice center. <laughs> yes, uh, actually later, isn't it? It's later at four o'clock. Right, yeah, it's it's a long day for exactly. us. Exactly, we'll just never stop working for you guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Watching, um, if again, if you want to be a part of the podcast, whether if you have resources and you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. We have a resource packet. We'll link it down below, and we'd love to add more things for families. Um, in there, a lot of the resources are not only for families. Let's be honest. A lot of things that people do different, um, different stuff in homelessness, but because we do focus on families, we try to make sure a lot of the stuff is for families. But if you look in there, a lot of things aren't for families. Um, also just for everybody who needs the help. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope to see you guys next time. Bye.